0: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue
1: bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. And it really begins now with a trip to Miami. That is courtesy of CBS. My name is Chris Uno Cero. We are continuing the Chiefs post game coverage as we are doing 50 straight hours of local coverage here on 610 Sports Radio. Christian Ocero, Grant Nicholson, producing on the other side of the glass. Uh, We'll be here for the next three hours as we talk everything Chiefs, as uh, we will continue the local coverage. Bing takes over at 10 p.m. He will go until 2 a.m., and then at 2 a.m. you will have uh, one, Dusty Likens, Nick Price, they'll take over until 5.58 when Fesco takes the reins again to continue this coverage of 50 straight hours as we now celebrate the fact that that 50-year drought of, of the Chiefs uh, not going to the Super Bowl is officially over. Chiefs, AFC champions... And uh, we are very, very happy here at 610 Sports Radio to be celebrating that. But this show is not about us. This show is about you, the fans. Uh, So throughout the show for the next three hours, I do want to hear from you. If you have anything you want to say, tell your stories about being a Chiefs fan and how much this AFC championship means to you. Uh, You can call us on the phone line 913-576-7610. You can also text us on the uh Smitty's Garage Burgers and Beer Text Line, which is six nine three zero six. This game was so meaningful yesterday. Not just I mean, obviously it's it's great seeing our favorite team advance to the championship game and have a chance to win a title, which is obviously huge as a sports fan. is the biggest thing that you can have going on. But it's huge from a culture standpoint here in Kansas City because anyone that has grown up as a Chiefs fan knows that being a Chiefs fan is great a lot of the time, but it isn't great all the time. In the biggest moments, in the most important of games, we know as Chiefs fans, that our history tells us that we will have our hearts broken at the end of the day. Being a Chiefs fan has been rough. We have seen a lot of entertaining teams play football over the years. We have seen a lot of entertaining teams win big football games during the regular season. I mean, we've seen Alex Smith led teams beat Bill Belichick and Tom Brady multiple times during the regular season. Multiple times in games that were big during the regular season, but in the grand scheme of things didn't matter as much. I remember we had seasons where the Chiefs have beaten both teams that participated in the Super Bowl. 2014, that season, they beat both the Patriots and the Seahawks. I believe it was 2016, I believe, where they beat both the uh, the Patriots and the Eagles. We've seen teams go out there and win games during the regular season that were important, but it, in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't as big as winning in the playoffs. So we know, as Chiefs fans, winning in the playoffs, maybe we'll get a wild card win against a team that's not a real contender, but as soon as we get to the divisional round, as soon as we get to the championship game, it's over. But it feels great to finally win a game that matters because our fandom has felt like a curse. We get to the divisional round, we get to the championship round, and all of a sudden we know it unravels, it falls apart. We don't win those games very often. Last year certainly had some magic to it. Getting the one seed, which is something that we rarely see here in Kansas City. Usually this team is is a three or a four seed, sometimes a two, but even when they're a two, they, you know, we saw like in 2003, they got upset by the by the Colts. And it wasn't really an upset because Peyton Manning was was a much better quarterback than what you had with Trent Green. And that team kind of stumbled into the playoffs, that Chiefs team. But at the same time, you're hosting uh, a, a game in the divisional round. And at one point, you looked like you were the hottest team in the NFL. And then back half of the season, it unraveled. We knew that something was going to happen in that game. And we knew pretty, I mean, December-ish, that by the time we get to that divisional round, something's going to go wrong. And that's exactly what happened. We knew during those Alex Smith years that something was going to go wrong, and it did. And that's exactly what we have been fearing the last couple years. And last year when they beat the Colts, you're like, okay, this was a nice win. This was a a team that we've had a lot of bad luck against. The no-punt game against Peyton Manning. The Lynn Elliott game. We've had a lot of bad luck against the Colts. And we got to win in a way where we looked very dominant. And then you play in the AFC Championship game, you host the Patriots. The the uh they were the villains in the they've been in the the villains in the NFL for nearly the last 20 years. And in that game, first half you get not enough as far as offense goes. You have to put on this amazing comeback but you lose late in that game in overtime because your defense couldn't get it done. And this year, it felt like that curse was going to happen again. That Houston Texans game, that was a game that I think some people were a little antsy about because of what happened back in week six when they played the Houston Texans. And that Texans team... We we all like yeah this is a this Chiefs team is better than that Texans team but that Chiefs team was really injured and that Chiefs team hadn't quite figured out how to play Spags defense and they struggled defensively in that game offensively they were hot early on and then they fell apart and they ended up losing they got absolutely trounced by Carlos Hyde who had hundred I think has 116 yards in that game and he averaged almost five yards a carry. He was talking trash during the, you know, during the game after he scored that touchdown. And he's talking about how your defense can't stop him. We're a little worried. Go into that, into that divisional round, 24-0 deficit early in the second quarter. But that team didn't give up. That team fought against the curse that fans have, be- have believed in for decades now. And they went into that game. Fans were booing them out of the stadium. They were angry. After that 24-point deficit, and then that second quarter happened and they overcame it. And they came back and they blew the Texans out, sent them home crying. Frank Clark was talking all kinds of mess after the game about Carlos Hyde. It It was a beautiful sight. And then we go into this matchup against the big, bad Tennessee Titans, a team that is old school as hell. They are the definition of old school football. They are, let's hand the ball off to our running back 30 35 times. We're going to beat you to death with this running back that's the size of a tight end. And we're going to see if you are tough enough to take our guys out. We're going to see if you're tough enough to be able to handle the physicality that we bring to the to the field. And early on, I think I know a lot of Chiefs fans were a little antsy. Down by 10, 17, 10 you know, 0 and then 17 7. And it looked like same old song. But then the Chiefs were able to get a stop. They were able to to score a touchdown to make it a three-point game. It 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 was the touchdown. Then they got a stop. And then when the Chiefs got the ball back with two minutes to go in that first half, Patrick Mahomes took ownership of that offense, and they marched down the field. He had that amazing run. We'll talk about that more later on in the show. But he had that amazing run and then when he scored that touchdown just you know cut in spin move breaks the tackle dives towards the end zone that right there was the moment where it felt like the curse that we as, as chiefs fans have felt our entire time being fans of this team it felt like it was gone at that point it felt like the tide of the uh, of the game changed and it felt like our destiny had changed we're no longer tragic football fans where we sit around and we, we talk about how we're never going to get anything done. Our coaching can never be good enough. We can't win one with Andy. We'll never have a quarterback that can make the plays that we need to beat the best teams. We're always going to run into some buzzsaw, and we're going to lose at home. We always hear about that stuff. We always hear about how Arrowhead Stadium isn't a big home field advantage because look at all those home, games, home playoff games that they've lost. Over the last two decades. We hear about it all the time. But that game yesterday. Finally dispelled the myth. Finally dispelled the rumor. That this team is, is somehow cursed by their past. And now we can no longer judge this team. By what former teams have done back in the 90s and 2000s. And even you know three, four years ago. You can't judge this team by those standards anymore because now this team has shown that they are above any superstition. They are above any curse. They are above any sort of negative omens that would uh, hang around them and that would cloud their ability to win. And we as fans have to adopt that too. Nowadays, if the team, like in a couple weeks, if this team starts out the way they did the last two playoff games, they start out slow they get down maybe a couple scores early on, we can't be like, okay, this game's over because we know we've got the quarterback that can get it done. We know we've got a defense that trusts themselves to get stops when they need them to. And because of that now, that negative, negativity that we've had about this team going into the playoffs, I think now we can we can erase that and we can enjoy where this team is headed because I think now we have seen that that myth It started to get dispelled. As far as the game goes, the thing that was the most important factor for that game was whether or not the Chiefs were going to be able to force the Titans to play their style of game. One of the things we always hear about when we talk about football in the playoffs is which team is going to impose their will, which team is going to get their opponent to play their style of football. Well, what's the best way that the Chiefs can beat their opponents? They can force their opponents to have to try and pass their way to a victory. I mean, of course, you can. You know, it's 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 really hard to run your way to a victory against this Chiefs team, just simply because if you're not scoring touchdowns, if you're kicking field goals, you're opening up opportunities for Patrick Mahomes to cash in his touchdowns, which are obviously going to be more valuable and then you're putting yourself in a position where you're creating a deficit, or if you have a lead, they're cutting into your deficit now. And you saw that early on the, the Titans tried to run the football early. They had success, but then the chiefs were able to get a a crucial stop. After three straight scoring drives, they took the lead. And as soon as that happened, the Titans offensive coordinator panicked. He Flipped out because he knew at that point running the football is not going to be enough because our defense can't stop Mahomes. And that was going to be the important key is Mahomes going to be on his game? Is Mahomes going to be able to score? Because the fear of Patrick Mahomes ripping your defense to shreds will cause you to think that you have to try and play the same style of offense that the Chiefs are playing when they're going on these runs and scoring touchdowns on consecutive drives over and over and over again. That's what happened when the Texans had a 24-0 lead against the Chiefs, and the Chiefs march down, and they get a touchdown. What happened was Bill O'Brien started to panic a little bit. He started to worry. He was dabbing sweat off his forehead because he realized that that – 17-point lead that he had at that time might not be enough because he's got a terrible defense. He had a terrible defense. I mean, they, their defense is essentially what the Chiefs' defense was last season. And he goes in there, and he calls that fake punt. It doesn't work. Next thing you know, Chiefs scored a touchdown a few plays later. Now it's a 10-point game. And then, obviously, they get the fumble on the kickoff, three-point game, and that completely changed the tide of the game. Because he knew, he knew that if they make any mistakes, if they don't continue to score, Mahomes is going gonna, is gonna, gonna to get hot, and he's going to start putting points up on their defense. That's what happened to the Titans. When they got down by four points right before halftime, I think you knew, I knew, everyone knew. At that point, the, the game plan that the Titans were going to have is thrown out the window now. And they're going to have to be like, OK, we need Tannehill to pass us to a victory because the, the, the defense had started to show some confidence against Derrick Henry. And so at that point, you can't rely on just handing the ball off to Henry 10 times on a, on a long scoring drive to get a touchdown. You just can't rely on that anymore. At that point, you're going to have to rely on Ryan Tannehill to start throwing the football down the field. And he was having success early on because they were running off the play action. As soon as the Chiefs started getting confident that they could stop the run, the play action was dead. And that completely changed the complexion of the game for them from a defensive standpoint. And it made it really tough for the Titans to get anything going. Because they had to abandon the run because they were worried about Patrick Mahomes. And if the Chiefs hadn't played keep away early on in that third quarter, when they got the ball back the second time, and they start. They put together. I think it was like a. I think it was like an eight or nine minute drive that resulted in a touchdown. They took their time driving down the field. They were burning clock. They were doing what they were doing in, in in the latter in that latter run, the final six games of the season, where instead of running all the vertical passing plays and trying to hurry up and score in five plays, they were putting together ten play touchdown drives, ten play scoring drives. That is going to get teams out of their game plan because now those teams understand that if they're playing with a the deficit, they have to score. But this Chiefs' defense is improved. And so it makes it tough for them to score. It's a it's a it's a really tough situation. And so unless you are able to get such a big lead and then be so successful running the football that you can run the clock out, it's gonna be really, really tough beating this Kansas City Chiefs team. And so I was not surprised when they were able to get the Titans out of their game plan because as soon as they got that stop, you knew there was a chance there. And when that happened, it did completely change the tide of that game in favor of the Chiefs. Now coming up next, we're going to hear from Chiefs de facto owner Clark Hunt as he reacts to the Chiefs bringing home the trophy with his dad's name on it. Welcome back in to our extended Chiefs coverage here on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, the radio.com app, wherever you choose to listen. We thank you for doing so. I'm Christian Osero. This uh, operation is produced by Grant Nicholson, and we are talking about the Chiefs' amazing accomplishment of winning the AFC Championship and bringing the Lamar Hunt Trophy to Kansas City for the first time uh, in our franchise, I know I am emotionally drained <laughs> after yesterday's uh, amazing game. It was a uh, it was a very very uh, it, it wasn't like a a, a tear shedding moment for me, but it was just like uh, it was it was it was a lot of excitement and it was a lot of relief from having spent all these years watching the Chiefs and watching a lot of playoff failure and. Uh, we do want to hear from you. If you want to call in 913-576-7610, you can also text in on the Smitty's Garage Beers, I mean burgers and beer text line which is 69306. We've had a lot of people texting in, which is crazy cuz usually after 6:30 the text line dies for the evening. But we've had a lot of people talking about how the Chiefs were living rent-free inside of the Titans head. Uh, and that was one of the that was actually one of the funniest things about this whole Uh, week leading up to the AFC championship was the fact that this team was talking a lot. They were very confident and a lot. There were a lot of fans that were kind of worried about this Chiefs team talking a little bit too much because obviously there's that sports cliche of bulletin board material. I don't believe in that stuff, but certainly there's a lot of fans that do because we hear about stuff like that from some players. Oh, yeah, you know, and we got motivated because so-and-so said this thing about us, which, I, I mean, I think that if you're a professional, especially playing in your the semifinals of your league's playoffs, uh, I don't think you need any sort of bulletin board material to get motivated to actually do well at your job because there's already the stakes of being able to go play for a championship on the line. So I didn't think that it really mattered a whole lot. But it was, it was great from a swagger standpoint. We'll talk about that more later on in the show. But I do want to talk about Clark Hunt and the great moment that we had po- during postgame, during that, that Lamar Hunt Trophy presentation ceremony out there in the middle of the field. Confetti is flying all over the place. And you've got Jim Nance up there, who I don't really like because he snitched on Tiger Woods a few years ago. And so... He's up there, and he's holding the microphone out, and he's asking all these questions and really getting the emotion out of Clark Hunt, getting the emotion out of Andy Reid, out of those players. Uh, You know, we obviously saw the Travis Kelsey thing. Uh, We saw Tyron Matthew, our quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Those guys, I mean, it was was just a magical moment. And then after that ceremony, Clark Hunt talked about the importance of, of bringing the Lamar Hunt Trophy to Kansas City. Here's what he had to say after the game.
2: Well, obviously, this is a very special day for our family and the entire organization. Uh, We were thrilled to host the AFC Championship game last year, and as Andy said, we came up four inches short. The job that the franchise did, the team did, the coaches did, in terms of getting back to this game and getting to host at Arrowhead uh, I thought was tremendous. And uh, obviously, we're very, very emotional, very, very excited to win the trophy that has my dad's name on it and have an opportunity to head to Miami for Super Bowl 54. Clark, I know during the, the darkest of times over the years, you were always optimistic that this would come. But in, in those dark times, were there times when you said, I, I don't know if we're going to get there? Look, anytime you're having a tough season, it, it's hard to envision. Uh, playing in the Super Bowl, Um, but things changed for us seven years ago when we were lucky enough uh, to lure Andy Reid and his wife Tammy to Kansas City. And uh, it's been a building process since then. Uh, He came in uh, day one. Uh, We started winning games. We reeled off nine straight wins uh, for the start of the Andy Reid tenure here in Kansas City. Um, Got us to the championship game last year. And, um, you know, we really felt going into the season that we had a great opportunity to get back, and, and he did it, and really the credit goes to Andy, his coaching staff, um, <clears throat> our entire football operations department, and also Mark Donovan, our president, and, and his great staff. Uh, those three groups really work well together, and we're fortunate not every NFL team is like that, uh, but we've got three great leaders uh, running our franchise, and the three of them really deserve the credit for giving us here today. I think my message would be that the, the journey is a big part of it. Um, we're going to celebrate tonight, and it's going to be tremendous. But uh, it wouldn't be what it is without the hardship, without all the hard work that went into getting us here. Yeah, 50 years is too long. Uh, but but we're going to Miami. We've got a chance to win another Super Bowl And uh, I hope to see as many of those Chiefs fans in Miami as possible.
1: That is uh, Clark Hunt talking about the magic that is bringing the Lamar Hunt trophy to Kansas City. Clark Hunt deserves so much credit for this Super Bowl berth. Now, obviously, he's not the most hands-on de facto owner, which I actually like because... One of the things I do not like in sports is when you have an owner that is involved in every single facet of the operations of the sport. Now, if you want to be involved in the business side and you're like a business person, I'm cool with that. That's your expertise. That's what you do. Cool. But there are many instances. We've seen these in many different sports. We've seen it in the NFL, like a, like a Jerry Jones or a Dan Snyder. We, we, see it in the NBA with, like, a James Dolan. And there are numerous examples in sports of owners who are way too involved with the day-to-day processes from the sporting side of that team. And the thing that I appreciate about Clark is that Clark, he steps back. He oversees it because he still wants to hold the general manager and he wants to hold the head coach accountable so that those guys aren't just running around doing whatever and the team is suffering. We obviously did see that under the Pioli days when there was a a major culture change. There was a a disassociation with the past in a way that was received very negatively from a lot of former players and from a lot of uh, from a lot of fans. And we obviously saw that the end of that regime was a terrible one. And and frankly, I, I guarantee you, Clark Hunt was like, "We cannot have that happen again." So. Um, he's very involved, just from a business standpoint. He oversees everything, but he's not sitting there trying to tell Brett Veach and Andy Reid who to draft. Which I appreciate that. Um, he did a lot of work after his father passed away, and he he had really big shoes to fill because Lamar Hunt. Uh, just I mean, just from a a personality standpoint, just from a, a historical standpoint, was so involved and so important in the creation of what the NFL is today that he had a big big legacy that he had to follow up and it is really really hard when you are the child of someone who has created a major legacy to now have to try to live up to that so and initially he was not very out there he would not speak to the media a whole lot he was you he was not seen around a whole lot but over the years he's slowly but surely become more involved I've seen him uh, I mean, I both games I went to this year, I saw him in the locker room. And he's a, he's very present, and you can tell that he really is enjoying uh, the operations that you are seeing with Veach, which you are seeing with Andy Reid. But he is the, he's the kind of owner that will spare no expense to make sure that he builds a winning culture. When he, when he brought Pioli in here, I think we as Chiefs fans agreed that at the time, it was the right move because you're bringing in the guy who worked with Belichick. Now, in hindsight, we know it was a disastrous move, and it didn't work out, and it ended up setting the the organization back. I mean, not as not back as far as we thought it would, because Andy Reid came in and did such a magical job with that roster, but they they set him back back pretty bad, considering where they were. And after that Peoli situation happened, he could have said, "Okay, fire Romeo Cornell." We'll get another head coach, and we'll see if we can keep your vision going, Pioli. Because there's a lot of people out there that are not willing to admit that they're wrong when they make a mistake like that. That's not what Clark Hunt did. Clark Hunt realized that I need to wipe the slate clean. I need to admit, yeah, this didn't work, and I need to get a guy that's going to put this direction on the right path. And he brought in Andy Reid. Then they got rid of Scott Pioli. And Andy Reid brought in his people, installed his regime, and he completely changed the culture of this franchise. He made it a franchise that was obviously going to be more open to, the, uh, to former players, was going to make it more open to uh, just being a more friendly and supportive organization. And he emphasized leadership. He emphasized character. And obviously, Andy Reid is one of those guys that will gamble on some guys with characters. And we saw some mistakes being made by Andy Reid's regime. But overall, he has let Andy Reid go out there and install this this regime the way that he wants. And it's paid off. We have seen winning at an unprecedented level during this Andy Reid regime. And not only was he able to go out there and say, Andy, I know you're talking to Arizona. I know you're talking to San Francisco, but come to Kansas City. We're a legendary franchise, you know, from the AFL. We are one of the darlings of old school in a, you know, old school football. We are going to be the best place you can go. I will provide you the best options to win. And he was able to get him to not fly down to the Southwest, and Andy came here. He never left, and we got our head coach. And not only that, but they made moves to create a winning team immediately, went to the playoffs the next year after picking first in the draft, and they have missed the playoffs once since Andy Reid took over as head coach. There's not a lot of people that you can find that you can go out there and and roll the red carpet out, do the best recruiting job you can get, and get that kind of success. Generally, we see coaches nowadays, most of these coaches were hired post 2015. Andy Reed right now has been in his job for such a long time. And he's had a, a, a track record of success that guys generally don't have in today's NFL. And that's on Clark Hunt because he spared no expense to make sure that he got the right people in for the right job and he understood. He listened to the fans. It took a little took a little took a lot from the the fans in that during that 2012 disastrous season. But eventually, he's like, okay, I got a clean clean house. And it was the best thing he could have done. And so I got to give a lot of credit to him and the Hunt family. And you got to give a lot of credit to this regime as a whole for completely changing everything around. Because we knew that we were going to be able to win games. The question mark was, could we actually get the, the big one? Could we actually go to the Super Bowl? And there was some question marks over the years, but obviously now that we've got our quarterback and we've got the perfect guy for Reed's system, we have seen a drastic change in our fortunes as football fans. Coming up next, I tell you why we as fans have to start giving Brett Veach his just due. Back in here on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com. And the radio.com app, Chris Inocero, Grant Nicholson, as we continue our 50 hours of for 50 years coverage as we celebrate the fact that the Chiefs are going back to the Super Bowl for the first time in half a century. Glad that streak is over, and hopefully it doesn't take another 50 years for them to get back to another one. The uh, the uh, Smitty's Garage burgers and beer text line is popping. There's a lot of people who are who are texting. In. It's 7:40 p.m. on a on a Monday night. It is not usually ever this active on the text line, but a lot of people are excited. If you do want to text in, uh, six nine three zero six is the number you can text into. You can also call in nine one three five seven six seven six ten, and we will take your calls in regards to this. Just amazing time to be a Kansas City Chiefs fan as we look to try and bring the franchise's second Super Bowl victory in uh to the city because frankly it's been too damn long I've never witnessed a Super Bowl in my lifetime I'm way too young for it so this is a dream come true for me as a lifelong lifelong Chiefs fan to be able to say that my team is going to the Super Bowl and it's uh, it's crazy. It still hasn't hit me. I still haven't had it hit me in a way that's that's like I I, I like I said I said this last night when I was when I was um, hosting with Jillian Carol. We you know, like for me, it's not going to hit me until media day when you see the Chiefs and you see the Niners sitting there with dozens of reporters in their faces asking them dumb questions, and you're seeing these guys really. I mean, because. Obviously Frank, Richard Sherman, Tyron Matthew, Mahomes, Kelsey, those guys are gonna get a ton of questions. Uh it's it's I'm really excited that, that I think that's when it's gonna really hit me that, you know, my my hometown team, my favorite NFL team is playing in the Super Bowl as uh as they try and bring home a championship that I was skeptical I'd ever see, just considering the fact that uh, the way that they had handled their quarterback situation during my lifetime. Um, I want to get to Brett Veach and the magic that he has absolutely worked. Brett Veach, that win was so big for him. That 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 was a big W. He took a victory lap after that game as uh, he talked pretty heavily about how much work his staff, his scouting staff, and the rest of the front office and the coaching staff have put in to not only bring the right players in, but also to develop these players into the kind of guys that they need in order to win a championship. Here is your Kansas City Chiefs general manager, Brad Veach.
0: Oh, it's 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 awesome. It's unbelievable. I mean, we still have one more game to go, and um, but I mean, I just from top down, from Clark to, to Mark to Andy, I and mean, everybody just done a great job. And I mean, you just can't can't say enough about these players and the effort. And you know, we. We had some ups and downs this year, but, you know, we never never gave up hope. And, you know, we knew we had a great roster. And, you know, we knew that if um, if we got healthy enough that um, we were the team to be, And I think it showed tonight. You have been with Andy for a while now. How important is this to him to get him back here? I mean, it's everything. I mean, he's given not just me but so many people an opportunity in this league. And, you know, back when I first started out, um, he believed in me. And, and it motivates me to, to – bust my tail every day and and, kind of emulate his work ethic, and uh, it would mean the world, and and that's why we know we're not done yet. we got one more game to go. Which which move are you most proud of? Like, you look back and go, man, that's the one that put us over the top for this year. (laughs) I mean, listen, I mean, all these guys, I mean, to single out one guy would would be a disservice to everybody else, because all these guys bust their tail, but you know, uh, me and my personnel staff, uh, you know, we take great pride in what we do and we watch a lot of tape, and some of these small signings people think aren't a big deal, but to us they are. And um, it is a battle of attrition, and, you know, you gotta, you got to have enough bodies out there um, to make it a full season. So I would say really everybody that, that you know, me and my staff, um, put the time and effort to bring here. They all, they all, you know, pay their dues. For Take sure. me through your day. What was it like for you personally all day? Well, you know, I don't like getting in this trend where you know the Houston game we started off slow, and then this game we were down, I guess, ten nothing. But we got a great roster, we got a great team, we got a great coaching staff, great ownership. So um, yeah, we're really tough to beat. So it's just a matter of, of um, you know, getting the ball in Pat's hands and letting him do what he does. But for you personally, how, 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 like, what's the day like for, for the GM watching all this go down? Well, I mean it's 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 nerve wracking. It's you know, the I felt that last quarter took about three hours. But um I mean it's all worth it in the end. I mean and, and, and to see Clark hold that trophy up um with his father's name on it, I mean it meant the world to me and, and um but like I said, we're not done yet, we got one more game to go. All right, Brett, thanks, man. Yep.
1: Brett deserves to get his victory lap in. He deserves a lot of credit. I mean, one of the things that he got criticized a lot for was uh, the handling of recent drafts the fact that going into the 2018 season the defense was mishandled I mean pretty badly they they did not uh make the moves that they needed to make to ensure that that defense was going to make a change obviously them not getting rid of uh them not getting rid of their defensive coordinator and um and Bob Sutton was a it was a it was a big big mistake and it very likely cost the Chiefs a Super Bowl in 2018, especially after you see how, how terrible the Rams played in that damn game. Um, so that was certainly a, a big blemish there. But then this year, spends money, brings in uh, brings in Frank Clark on a trade. Then he gives him a big contract. Spent money to get Tyron Matthew here at a, coming out of Houston. And he brought in some lesser names that, I think we were looking at we were like you know that guy's probably not going to be a huge impact guy, but maybe that guy helps turn things around. Guys like Alex Okafor, guys like Emmanuel Ogba. Um, he spent some money, you know, in the twenty eighteen season twenty eighteen season bringing in like Anthony Hitchens, but then they brought in Darren Lee, they brought in uh, Damian Wilson. Uh, Wilson, he's certainly had a he's had a pretty good impact on this defense thus far the The draft that they had last year was was pretty effective. McCole Hardman obviously is uh it was it was a good draft pick. We'll see him get more involved in the offense as the years go along. And then Juan Thornhill was just a I, and we raved about that when when he made that pick. And he was able to bring in the right defensive coordinator, bring in the right moves through free agency and trades, and able to draft impact guys and they were able to utilize better the guys that they already had guys like dirty dan and all of a sudden this defense goes from being a bottom 10 defense to statistically being mediocre overall throughout the season but uh, in the back 6 games of the year they were the best defense in the league and certainly through the playoffs they have been more effective than i think any defense you could you could look at except maybe the niners but even then uh you know you look at that niners defense and and as good as they are it's like i don't know if they're going to be equipped to stop the chiefs off uh, the chiefs offense in comparison to the chiefs defense being equipped to stop the niners offense he's done a lot of work and he absolutely deserves a victory lap obviously he deserves a lot for what happened with with uh with mahomes as well cuz he's really kind of been He's really been the one to get the the uh, the credit as the mastermind behind that amazing draft day trade and uh, and then eventual drafting of uh, what very might end up being the greatest quarterback of all time when he finishes his career. So Brett Veach deserves a ton of credit. That was a it was it it really was a move that I think a lot of people here in Kansas City were questioning when they got rid of Dorsey and then they promoted Veach to the general manager spot, but. I think it has paid off pretty well, and you you, you absolutely got to give a lot of credit to this organization for making a bold move with a guy that was really young. Uh, we're going to get to some of your calls real quick before we, uh, before we get to a break. 913-576-7610. Chris from Midtown, you're on the show. Yeah, two quick comments. First comment is, is the Chiefs can't afford to get behind the uh, 49ers like they've done in the last two games. And the second, and the second comment is the I, I, the first possession that Pat Mahomes has the ball, I want to see him throw a long bomb down to uh, Tyreek Hill. That's my comment. Have a nice day. Yep. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for calling in, Chris. Uh, we we've heard that. I was listening earlier to Pro Football Talk. With uh, with Florio and Chris Sims, and one of the things that that Florio said was Chiefs can't afford to get behind this Niners offense, and we've said that really the last few weeks because the Chiefs have kind of been a slow starting team this year. The biggest thing that we've heard about this Chiefs team is that they're a first quarter, they're a second quarter team because they've been so bad in the first quarter, and we've seen that throughout the year. Um, obviously, we we saw them explode for 28 points in in Week Two against the uh, Oakland Raiders. We saw them explode for 28 points in uh, in the divisional round against the Texans. So yeah, there certainly is, is is some merit to that. I don't know if falling behind the Niners is as bad as we say it is. Now, if you're getting shredded by by Raheem Mostert, okay, that's a problem. Now, if you're getting shredded by Raheem Mostert. Yeah, falling behind him is is an issue, but if you fall behind by a couple possessions and your defense shores up, and all of a sudden you're you're able to get some confidence on the defensive end, and you get able to get your offensive offense going, yeah, I don't know if it's that big of a problem. Um, it really just depends on whether or not the your the running game is really going for the Niners, because I I will say this: as great as this Niners defense looks. They have had some trouble against some of these better teams in the league offensively. We have seen them give up some points to, to teams like Seattle, teams like Arizona twice. Uh, and we've seen them give up almost 50 points to the Saints. And And mind you, they they won most of those games. I, I don't think those teams are... They don't. I don't think those teams have the same playmakers this Chiefs defense does, and they're certainly not. Gonna, they certainly didn't have the confidence that this Chiefs defense has. So I don't know if it's as bad as as, as we think. You certainly don't want to have it happen, but if it's like a ten point deficit, I think that they'll be they'll be perfectly fine being able to make a comeback. Now if it's twenty four nothing, that's that's a damn problem. But frankly, you shouldn't be falling down twenty four nothing to any team in the NFL to begin with. But, yeah, if it's a 10 nothing deficit or if you're just down by 10 really at any point, I don't think that it's a, a super cause for panic because you have the best quarterback in the NFL, and he's certainly moving down the path of being the, the best of all time. So coming up next, we'll continue to take your calls, 913-576-7610, and your texts on the Smitty's Garage, Burgers and Beard, text line 69306. We'll hear from you coming up next. Wrapping up the first hour here on our extended coverage, 50 hours for 50 years here on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the radio.com app, wherever you choose to listen. We thank you for doing so as we celebrate the end of this 50-year drought of the Kansas City Chiefs being in the Super Bowl. If you want to weigh in on anything Chiefs related, give us your experiences as a Chiefs fan. Tell us what you think about that game yesterday, or tell us what you think about the game now. In a little less than two weeks, you can call in. Nine one three five seven six seven six ten. Or you can text in on the Smitty's Smitty's Garage Burgers and Beer Text line, which is six nine three zero six. Robert is out in Grandview. Robert, you're on the show. Yeah, a couple of points. Thanks for the uh the the line a couple of points first the San Francisco 49ers they are not as intimidating as everybody thinks they are mm-hmm. Coleman is out so you got Mostert. Mostert's little 185 pound back we can stop him easily second the uh defense our end we're going to destroy that offense Garoppolo can't run around so we're gonna nail him every time on off the edges we got the middle locked up so you can't run on us. And Mahomes, once he figures out their defense, he's gonna destroy them over the middle by running, etc. And we will get a couple of long bombs in that game, guaranteed. That's my take. Well, thanks for the call, Robert. You know what? I like his confidence. I really like his confidence. I actually don't I, I don't think that the uh that the the Niners offense is gonna have the big kind of game that a lot of people think they're gonna have against this defense. Like I one of the things I've heard from a lot of media members is that, oh, this is gonna be a shootout and the Niners are gonna put up, you know, thirty plus four even forty potential points against this Chiefs team. Now the Niners this year were actually they were actually pretty damn good at scoring this year. I think they average like twenty nine a game. I think they were like what second or third in the league in points per game. So they were, you know, pretty damn good at at scoring points this year. But Obviously, great defense, sets you up with great field position. Jimmy Garoppolo is the ultimate game manager. And and here's the thing about it, and I I like the point that Robert made about about the defense versus Garoppolo. Um, Garoppolo is not trusted right now by his coach Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan does not trust him. He threw eight passes in that championship game. And one of the things I was listening to ESPN Daily earlier today, and they talked about how, like, ever since he's thrown that interception against the Vikings in the divisional round, like, he just, Shanahan has kept him away from throwing the football if he has to. And he's not a mobile quarterback anymore because of that ACL tear that he had at Arrowhead week three of 2018. And so he's, if, and we know that this pass rush is going to be awesome. We know, like, Chris Jones, in the limited times that he was on the field, they got three sacks. They got seven total pressures against against Ryan Tannehill. If he's out there and he's he's playing well, they're gonna have a hard time at protecting Garoppolo because you got him, you got Frank, you got T. Sizzle. Tano passigno has been able to get some as well. Like you've got a good front. Just I mean, just sending three and four, and you've got even more if you decide you want to send a little extra. You want to send a fifth or sixth guy all of a sudden it makes it even tougher. So certainly there's going to be some issues with them protecting Garoppolo because he's not a mobile quarterback and he doesn't seem comfortable in the pocket. And if they're able to do that and they're able to get pressure on him and make him uncomfortable in that pocket, they're going to have a hard time throwing the football against against this Chiefs defense. And if they establish a good repertoire of stopping Raheem Mostert from being able to, to – find holes and, you know, run through for five yards. I think I was watching SportsCenter last night before I passed out, and they were talking about how Raheem Mostert averaged like five yards before contact against the Green Bay Packers. I mean, that's a crazy stat to not be touched on average until you are five yards past the line of scrimmage is crazy and it's unheard of, and frankly, it should never happen. Chiefs are going to let that happen? No, they shouldn't let it happen. You, especially the way that they they performed against Derrick Henry, they were hitting his ass at the line of scrimmage.
0: Those safeties are flying everywhere. Yes, can't let everywhere. him breathe. Can't let Moster breathe. No,
1: and 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 not only the safeties, but like the defensive line, these guys were getting after Henry's ass. They're going to have to do the same thing with Moster. Moster's a lot smaller as you know, Robert brought in. You know, as Robert talked about, he's one hundred eighty five, one hundred eighty five pounds. He's a speedster. You know, he's very Jamal Charles like running back. He's not Jamal Charles, but he's like him. Um, If he doesn't get those kind of holes, if he's not gashing you for five yards before he gets touched, that offense is going to have a hard time scoring against this Chiefs defense. And if you have a hard time scoring against this Chiefs defense, good luck trying to beat this Chiefs team because good luck for your your defense trying to stop Patrick Mahomes because he's going to take whatever you give him. And if you give him the deep ball, he'll take the deep ball. They play a lot of zone, and we know that this Chiefs offense, they eat up against zone. They were tearing Tennessee's ass apart with when they were running that cover two and cover three against them, and Mahomes would go out there and just gash them for twenty seven yard runs and whatnot. Led the team in rushing. So thanks for call, Robert. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know if they're going to dominate this seat this uh, the San Francisco offense because San Francisco twenty nine points I think per game. So I think you got to put a little respect on their name, but I certainly don't think they're going to be the powerhouse that some people are picking him to be in this Super Bowl. Coming up next, we'll take we'll continue to take your calls, 913-576-7610, and we will take your texts on the Smitty's Garage Burgers and Beer text line, which is 69306. Plus, I will tell you why Frank Clark is about to become one of the biggest villains in the NFL.